Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera. Uh, I hope you guys listen to me and Brandon talk about the Summer League on the Buckets podcast for Action Network. If not, you can check that out. The link is in my bio. Um, but look, we're going to be doing, doing a little bit of a free agent special here. Uh, I wanted to record this a little bit earlier in the week. My dog, as you guys all know, literally at a tennis ball and it has caused havoc. But I, while I got your attention here, I just recorded an amazing podcast with the doctor, Dr. Tom Christ. And this episode is going to be dropping next week. And he's got this new website called fantasyinjuryteam.com. Uh, and it's, it's really an interesting website. It's, it's, uh, it's got, his breakdown, he's doctor of physical therapy, board certified orthopedic specialist, and him and his team, including one of our, our buddies, Joe D'Amico, uh, they are analyzing injuries for fantasy football. So football, um, and they're talking about how to expect their production to change as like as they're coming off of an injury and they're trying to use past data to talk about that so we'll get, dive into that whole thing it's a nice special episode i think it's gonna be really exciting for everybody to listen to but for today we're gonna be talking nba free agency and we look kevin durant whatever nobody cares he's out over there like whatever the big thing that we got going on right now is the new king of new york Jalen Brunson. Look, I, I'm not trying to be crazy here. And you guys have probably saw this tweet, but the last time a marquee free agent point guard left the Dallas Mavericks, he won back-to-back MVPs. The price right now for Jalen Brunson to be the MVP of the league is 750 to one. A $10 bet wins you $7,500. And that line's available at Caesars. Look, I'm not saying that I necessarily expect this to happen, but I sure think it should happen. It could happen. Look, this is the way that I look at this. Last season, the Knicks had like just a, a brutal year. I mean, they they had like about three wins less than expected based on their Pythagorean uh, like formula, basically. So based on, you know, a variety of different factors, but like their offense and defense teams would expect to win a couple more games, right? Um, that was without a true point guard. Derek Rose was hurt really the whole year. And that was something that they leaned super, super heavily on. And if we look at last year, the Knicks assist leader, was Julius Randle. He had 5.1. Julius Randle does not like to pass the basketball. So now you're going to bring Jalen Brunson in. And we saw what he did with the Mavericks and Luka Doncic. And we'll touch on the Mavericks in a bit. Like this is going to be our pivot point here. But when he played without with Luka, he took obviously a little bit of a backseat, but that's just because almost anybody's going to take a backseat when Luka Doncic is there. Luka has one of the highest usage rates in the NBA. Um, but in 20 games without Luca, including in the playoffs, he averaged 35 minutes a game. So that was about three minutes more per game, 22.2 points, 4.1 rebounds, and 7.2 assists. Those are dramatically better numbers than anything the Knicks had on their roster last season from the point, especially from the point guard position. So I look, we know Tibbs plays his guys just absolutely runs them into the ground. Um, and look, if, if he can replicate those numbers, um, he definitely has an opportunity 
to succeed and to put up some more, like maybe some even bigger numbers because Tibbs is going to play him. Look, the Knicks last season, if you looked at the, the numbers that these guys are playing, everybody's playing an absurd amount of minutes. Like Randall was averaging 35.3, Barrett 34.5. Brunson's going to be right there. So if we look at his per game averages, he's going to be closer to those numbers without Luca. And the thing is too, with basically the Mavericks were that team was Luca Brunson and then Dinwiddie, like when he got there or, and or Porzingis, right? If you look at the Knicks, Brunson's going to have the opportunity to actually lead like a fully healthy squad. So it's like a full usage of the cap space, right? So you're going to have him with Randall. You're going to have him with Barrett, Fournier, uh, the new, the newly re-signed Mitchell Robinson, which I, I think that transaction was great. It was one, it was our first re-sign uh, in, in like 20 years. I forget, I, I forget the guy that we had before, but it was great. It was, it's nice to keep him back here and keep him around. And then we just re-signed Jericho Sims or sign him to a new deal. And I like, I like how this team is starting to shape up. Are they going to win the title? I mean, they're 200 to one. It's worth a sprinkle. Um, but I think that he's going to be, have an opportunity to get numbers and like improve on his stats from last season, maybe push for an all-star berth. Um, I, I don't think it's out of the question if he's able to do those things that he could win MVP, but the, but the award that I'm interested in too is most improved. He's 16 to one at bet MGM. And he is really like the second or third favorite along with RJ Barrett. It's basically Anthony Edwards, uh, Brunson and Barrett, and then Tyrese Halliburton, who I love, love, love for this award. So those are some of the guys that we're going to be looking at, but I, I think the Knicks are going to be better. It's hard to be worse than they were last year. And if Derek Rose can play in like a true off the bench capacity, I think that he could have a very successful season, very successful role for the New York Knicks. So th- they're definitely somebody that I, they're definitely a team that I'm excited to watch, but I mean, I'm a little biased. So take that with a grain of salt, but I do think they will be better than they were last year with this retooled roster around Jalen Brunson. Um, looking at the Dallas Mavericks, it's really interesting. They obviously, they, they got, they traded for Christian Wood. And I think the trade makes a lot of sense for them. Like they needed a big, he does, he, he's great offensively. Um, they need another option now that Brunson, I think they kind of expected Brunson to walk. And, you know, you're going to have an opportunity where you have Luca Dinwiddie and now Christian Wood uh, to maybe try to run, to run alongside of Luka Doncic. So I, I like the move, but I, I just struggle to see how good they're going to be. I think Brunson was really like their floor guy. Um, you know, if Luca just didn't have it that day or when Luca was out with injury or, or whatever, like he really, really raised their floor. And although Christian Wood's defense has been suspect, it's tough to blame a guy for not playing the best defense when, you know, what, you know, when he's playing on these teams, like it, like the, the Houston Rockets just at the bottom of the barrel. So I think that that's a little tough there. Um, I, I, I think the Mavericks are a stay away from me at least at this point, they're about 23 to one to win the title. I don't love their prospects of doing that. Um, just because look, like, I, I think I'll be able to get that number at some other point in time during the season. And for Luca to win MVP, he's not even five to one. Like I get that. He's the favorite. I get that Brunson's not there to take away the usage, but 
that that number is going to like it can't really get that much shorter uh, at this point in the season. It's and, you know we're not even through preseason yet. I think that that number is just a little too short, especially to be laying money for basically a whole year. Um, so I'm not really interested in that. Uh, I think that the Mavericks will be good. I think that they'll probably be right around the middle of the West, like, you know, maybe like a five seed again, like towards the five seed area, five or six seed. I think they'll avoid the play in, but I just, I don't, I don't love their prospects on the season. Um, one of the other big, big moves was Rudy Gobert was finally traded and he was traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves in exchange for Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Balmoro, Jared Vanderbilt, the draft where it writes to Walker Kessler, a 2023 first round pick, a 2025 first round pick, and a swap of 2026 first round picks, a 2027 first round pick, and a conditional 2029 first round pick, and uh, like a traded player exception. That trade is mind boggling. I, I, I can't, the number is crazy. The number is absolutely insane. Like I, I don't, the number of draft picks, that is what I'm saying. Like, I, I think this is nuts. Gobert's contract is an albatross, but I guess the thing is, if you're Minnesota, you're looking at this and basically any roster with Rudy Gobert on the team is going to have a top 10 defense. So you're looking at this and you're saying, all right, well, Cat, is kind of like cats kind of soft. Like, I think we, we all like whisper that. I feel like we all can kind of agree that cats kind of soft. So now he can play the power forward position. Um, and Gobert is obviously the center. I think it raises the Timberwolves floor significantly. Like I think it takes them out of the play in for sure. Like, I think that they become a team that is going to be seated in the Western conference. Um, the problem is like, we know what teams are going to try to do to Rudy Gobert in the playoffs, uh, which is, you know, exploit the drop. The thing that's interesting though, is with the Timberwolves, you wonder if like, they're just saying like, okay, well get us through, get us the good seed. And then in the playoffs, like we'll worry about it when we have to worry about it. Um, you know, if we, if we run into a team like, the Denver Nuggets where Jokic is going to play, like we could use Rudy Gobert. And if we don't, you know, and we, we run into a team that maybe like can exploit that drop coverage uh, that he needs to play, then we'll, you know, we'll just run, we'll just sit him and like, we'll run cat at the five. So I think it's an interesting thing. And like, you know, they're trying to, by raising the floor, it gives them the opportunity to do some other things. You know, it, it gives them an opportunity to be better. It gives them the opportunity to say like, look, we're, we're a contending team. Like we are a legitimate contender here in the Western conference. And, you know, it, it can maybe be enticing to somebody that wants to maybe go there or tra trade for somebody in the middle of the season. It gives you some more options. And I think that that's something that's interesting, especially for this team uh, with so many young guys uh, between cat Anthony Edwards, um, it, and now you add Rudy Gobert to the mix. Like, so this is this is going to be a really interesting team. I'm excited to see them. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily understand them, but I'm definitely excited to see them. Uh, the other big trade was obviously um, DeJounte Murray getting traded to the Atlanta Hawks. A lot of people have had questions about his fit there. Um, and, you know, there's been plenty of content out on the, you know, on the Twitter sphere, on the internet about this. I like the fit for Atlanta. I don't really understand the trade for 
the Spurs. But at the same time, look, you got all of these unprotected picks for a guy that's a first time all-star. And one of the things that you always have to worry about when you're playing on like a bad team is we're like DeJounte was that walking triple double, basically like 18, nine and nine last season. Great, great numbers. But when you're playing on a bad team, you have to wonder, it's like, are those like a little inflated just because the team isn't good? You know? So I think that's something that I'm curious to see. I, I think DeJounte is great. But uh, I, I, I do like the fit alongside Trey Young. People are saying like, oh, well, you know, Trey's going to have to play more off ball. You have two ball dominant guards. Worry about that problem later. You know, like I, I'm not saying that like I'm definitely not saying that they're LeBron and Wade or something like that. But like those you had two ball dominant players there and they managed to make it work. So I, I don't think that either of them has like the biggest ego, despite, you know, the way the kind of media narrative around Trey is. I think they can play together. I think that DeJounte gives them a lengthy wing on the exterior that you can know, you know, now you've got a lineup that's going to feature Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, uh, some combination of maybe John Collins, uh, Onyeka Okongwu or Clint Capella. I think this team's going to be good. Um, are they going to be, you know, winning the East? I don't know, but I think that they're going to be good. Uh, I do think that this was a really risky move for Atlanta to include all that draft capital, considering they weren't that good last season. So it's like if something goes wrong, you're really just handing the keys over and you're saying like, look, like we're just going to be bad for like a while. So I think it's a tough, it's, I think it's a tough spot. Um, but I definitely like the move. Uh, I, I like the move for Atlanta in terms of the fit, but obviously those draft picks, it makes everything a little bit risky. Um, now, one of the teams that I wanted to talk about is actually the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think that some of the things that they've done are great. Like the moves they've made are great uh, so far um, this off season. And during the, especially during the NBA draft, the Sixers trade of Danny Green and the number 23 pick in the NBA draft to the Memphis Grizzlies in exchange for uh, DeAnthony Melton, I thought was a great trade. Um, Melton, just like a really solid point guard, um, you know, like a really solid guard. Uh, he's got, he was averaging 10.8 points, 40.5 rebounds and 2.7 assists per game last season. I think that he, I think that he was a great fit for them. Uh, they're not asking him to do too much. They're asking him to, you know, like fill in a, fill in the role, fill in a bench role for them, uh, give them a little bit more depth. And like, look, Danny Green was redundant to a lot of the talent they already have on the team between, you know, um, between Korkmaz, between uh, even like Isaiah Joe to some extent. Uh, you know, Matisse Thibault. So I, I think that I think that the Anthony Melton is one of the best reserve guards that you can have for the Philadelphia 76ers. The other move that they did that I thought was excellent. I, I don't I don't necessarily know if I like the contract, but I think the move is great. And that was to go get PJ Tucker. Um, they took him from Miami, so they took him from one of their biggest competitors. P.J. Tucker is a dog. Everybody knows that. He's a dog. Jimmy Butler was not happy that P.J. Tucker left. Um, but, look, what he does is he gives you that energy, gives you that defensive presence, and he can still spread the floor. Like, he can stand in the corner and shoot threes if you need him to. So I, I really, really like the P.J. Tucker addition for the 76ers. Um, 
I think the Sixers are going to be good. And look, it's, it all hinges every season for them on Joel Embiid. Um, I struggle. It's hard to bet on somebody's health. Um, but the thing is, with the Sixers, look, the number's enticing right now. It's like 18 to 1 to win the title. I struggle with betting that. Um, number one, like I'm biased. Number two, uh, Vinny will love that. Uh, but <laughs> number two, it's just so hard to navigate with Joel Embiid's health. And like, I get that he's been healthy for the majority of the last two seasons, but like he's finished the seasons and he's gotten hurt. Um, and some of them are freak injuries, but look, this is something you're going to hear Dr. Christ talk about in the future episode, but it's like one, one of the biggest indicators of injury is past injuries. And Embiid is that dude. He just like always seems to be hurt. So, and it's not really, it's not his fault. Like he's a hustler. He tries out there. Um, and he really puts forward his best effort, but I struggle to bet on the Sixers with that knowledge. Like they're a team that I probably would look to back, you know, maybe at the, around the all-star break, maybe like directly before the playoffs where I know like, all right, yeah, like they're about as healthy as they're going to be. Um, and this is the situation that I can back them. Uh, so they're, they're definitely a team that I'm going to be staying away from at least at this point in time. Um, the last thing that I want to touch on in just this quick this quick pod. I know this is dropping on a Friday, so God bless, but is, you know, with this whole situation with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is really interesting. I don't think the Nets should really just trade him. I don't think that they should just give him up. They have him under contract for four years, unless they're getting what they want back. Why are you moving this man? Um, he, he, he's not going to retire on you. This contract takes until he's 37. And he still likes to ball. Like he likes to hoop. So I bet on this, I bet on the Nets to win the title at 50 to one. Uh, I'm not sure if that number is still available. Um, I think there's some value as long as, you know, it's maybe like 35 to one at least just because like, I think it's totally possible that him and Kyrie Irving decide to stay. And then you have this roster of Kyrie Durant and Ben Simmons. And that's like exactly the type of team that you need around Ben Simmons guys that can shoot guys that can create, guys that won't clog the lane. Because Ben Simmons is an excellent, excellent defender for every position, one through five. So, and he's a great facilitator. So that's, I'm actually very intrigued by this team if they can keep them all together because I love Ben Simmons. I think the fit is great. I think it's actually more natural than James Harden. So, because he doesn't need to shoot, he doesn't need to score. We saw Harden take that kind of super backseat role, but he doesn't play defense. Simmons plays defense. So I'm really curious. And I think if you can get a number like that, it's just way too long. And obviously like things can go wrong chemistry wise, trade wise, whatever. But look, I think that's the cost of doing business. And I'd rather put a little bit on it now than have to gear up and, and maybe lay like five times, 10 times as much going into the season to get the same type of payout. Um, that that's just a risk that I'm willing to take at this point. Uh, I don't, I don't think that there, this is going to resolve soon. And I think that it may force Deandre Ayton to sign an offer sheet 
And it sounds like the Indiana Pacers might be in the market for him, which is going to be interesting because I'd love to see him paired up with Tyrese Halliburton. And then you probably see Miles Turner get traded for maybe some more picks. So I, I think it's a really interesting situation. Um, and I'm definitely going to be watching and, you know, waiting with bated breath there. So with that, that's kind of like my little quick free agency recap right now. Those are the main storylines going on. Um, and with that, I just want to make one recommendation. It's pods and Rex time. Uh, my girlfriend is starting a new business and she has partnered with Arbon. and I've tried some of these products and they're actually pretty good. Um, they, they have proteins, they have, uh, they have energy drinks or like energy, like supplements, they have pre-workouts and you guys know, like I'm always recommending some sort of pre-workout or protein or whatever. And I think the flavors are good. Um, like we got, we got a coffee one. It mixes really well with, uh, like I can't have dairy. It mixes really well with almond milk. Um, we had, I actually tried the pre-workout and I like that a lot. Um, and I'm used to the stuff that's like totally made in the lab. And they actually, I think they've banned like over 2000 different things or different substances from their products that they like won't have because they're just saying like, these things aren't healthy. They're not sustainable. We don't want to give them out to people. So you're not dealing with, uh, you're not dealing with products that are, you know, totally completely manufactured. They're trying to use natural products and keep it healthy for you. So there's a variety of different things. There's some skincare, there's some makeup, uh, I'm waiting for my, like for my nighttime face cream that I got as a free gift. So I can sample that, but I, you know, look, there's, there's a lot of different things. I have the link in my bio. Uh, if you check it out on my link tree, it's under health and wellness. You can check it out. Uh, you can try to help kickstart her on her new business and uh, look, the products are good. Like I've tried them. I recommend them. Uh, and, and I think if I was going to try one, like if you weren't sure which one you'd want, I think the fizz sticks are kind of cool. They're like these little caffeine, like energy boosters, you know, like the, you know, like the little crystal light ones that you can put in the water bottle like that, except actually healthy. So I, I, that's what I would recommend. And if you have any questions, you know, obviously DMS are open, hit me up and we'll try to facilitate that. So that's my recommendation. Check out my link tree, hit her up with, hit her up, help my girlfriend start her new business with Arbon. I think it's going to be a really cool product. Uh, and there's probably something for everybody there. So with that, check it out. We'll try to keep up with these free agents and we'll see which of them is going to cash that. Bye.